Welcome back to the Mind Money Balance Podcast, episode 108. We are continuing on August's theme with sunnier takes on scary financial stuff. So today we are covering how to plan for a recession, of course, financially, but also emotionally and why you don't have to freak out maybe as much as you feel like you should be freaking out. Abundance mindset gurus and avocado toast shaming personal finance experts have made it really hard to wade through the realities of having a healthy relationship with money. That's why on the Mind Money Balance podcast, I'm here to help you cultivate a balanced relationship with money. I'm your host, Lindsay Bryan Podvin. I'm a financial therapist, woman of color, and popcorn connoisseur who also loves nerding out about money and how it intersects with all aspects of our lives. I've expanded my services to help private practice therapists with their money mindset, sustainable pricing, and authentic marketing so they can include financial self-care in their work. Mind Money Balance is the semi-weekly podcast all about making money feel good in your life. Each month, I'll cover a different theme so you can decide if the episode is for you. Ready? Let's go. So before we get into how to deal with a recession, how to survive it financially and emotionally, let's first just figure out what the heck a recession is. And one thing to know about recessions is that they are normal. And some economists would even argue that they are a healthy part of an economic cycle. And when it comes to figuring out what the heck a recession is, defining it can be a little bit tricky. One reason that it can be a little bit tricky is that Some people define recessions as two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. That means the economy has not grown for two quarters in a row or for six months in a row. But how do we know whether or not we have grown or not grown? We have to look back at what happened in previous months, which is why figuring out whether or not we're in a recession can be a little bit tricky. Other people say recessions are more of these economic contractions or corrections after a period of growth that was unsustainable or was like growing too quickly, too rapidly, and we had to kind of slow things down or things had to slow down a bit. Now, other people say recessions are really defined by job opportunity or job growth availability. So, It's a little bit tricky to know whether or not we're in a recession outside of what the talking heads are saying on the news and things like that. But in general, I think of recessions as a normal part of an economic cycle where we have kind of these growth periods in our economy and then we have slowdown periods in our economy. And what has happened since we've kind of been tracking this stuff here in the U.S. is that growth periods in our economy tend to be longer. And on average, we're talking about eight years on average of these cycles of economic growth. But as we know, things can't just keep growing nonstop forever. Things have to slow down, or as I mentioned earlier, they have to kind of contract or reset. And that is when we call it a recession. And recessions are much shorter. They're about a year, actually 11 months on average. And so during these periods of recession, you're going to see things like economic growth slowing. 
the job market might not be quite as competitive. People are more likely, because of this fear of a recession coming or being in a recession, they might hold on to their money more tightly and spend less money on non-essential consumer goods and services. So it's this weird thing where when we say we're in a recession, it freaks people out and they go, oh my gosh, we're in a recession and I shouldn't spend money. So they hold on to their money. They don't spend as much. And then because there isn't as much money kind of flowing through the economy, it actually tends to make things a little bit worse. And as you can see, our economy is really built for this consistent exchange of cash, this consistent exchange of money that looks like buying and selling, buying and selling. I go to the grocery store, I load up my grocery cart, I pay for all of that food, and I go to work and I get paid for my work, et cetera, et cetera. So there's this money coming to me and this money coming from me. And so when I'm fearful that I won't maybe make as much money or that my job might be on shaky ground, I might spend a little bit less the next time I go to the grocery store. Thus, there's less money in that particular economy. So obviously, the economy is much bigger than us as individuals, but that's how it tends to impact us on a personal or an individual level. So I've heard this term thrown around, recession-proofing, and I had to do that voice because those are the types of people who are talking about it. But recession-proof is kind of a lie because an individual might be able to protect themselves from certain things happening in the economy or some of the bigger impacts of a recession. But me, Lindsay, as an individual, cannot prevent a recession from happening. I can't proof or stop a recession from occurring. And so I want for us to think about how can we soften the blow of a recession? How can we cope emotionally with a recession? And then also, of course, like what are the things we can do financially speaking to make sure that if we're in a recession right now or if we look back and go, oh, shoot, we were in a recession, that we are okay. So we're going to talk first about the emotional ways to survive a recession and then the financial ways to survive a recession. So first up is recession anxiety. You might have tuned into this episode specifically because you're experiencing recession anxiety. I don't probably have to spell it out for you, but you're here, so I might as well. It's having anxiety around recession happening or during a recession. And the reason recession anxiety, in my opinion, is so heightened is because in our society, it is drilled into us that we should be in periods of nonstop growth. And I'm not just talking about economic growth. Think back to when you were a child and you were in school. Perhaps you were an athlete. Your coach was probably always drilling into you to get faster, to get more consistent with whatever sport you were playing, to get better. There was this constant pressure to improve, improve, improve. When it came to grades, you probably heard things from your parents or from other people in your life. Oh, you got a B? I bet you could have gotten an A. Oh, you got an A? Why didn't you get an A plus? There's this constant pressure on us to get better and to be improving all the time. Shit, look at the self-help industry. It's all about saying, you're okay. You're like fairly decent, but you could be better. We should do some self-growth, some self-development, some self-help. This is kind of baked into our culture. And when it comes to the economy, we have really been taught that nonstop growth, record-breaking stocks, record-breaking incomes, record-breaking housing growth, or development is all good. 
But let's just like sit back for a second and acknowledge that consistent growth is actually not normal or expected. Think about other things that kind of happen cyclically that we understand are a part of a natural cycle. Think about bears. They go into hibernation. They aren't constantly out fishing for salmon in the river and eating berries. They take these periods of deep rest. They literally need it so they can survive. Think about harvesting food. Food isn't consistently just at the growth and pick stage of food. It's often in phases of seedling, small growth, then a flower, then a fruit or vegetable, then harvest time. And in between harvest time, we also have to do some regeneration to the soil so it can actually be healthy enough and nutritious enough to feed the seeds that we plant in it. So we have this weird idea that things should always be exponentially growing. It should be that hockey stick growth model on a growth chart, but that's just not normal. And what makes it even harder when it comes to the economy is that, as I mentioned in the intro here, we tend to be more likely to be in growth stages of the economy. Remember, we have about an eight-year cycle of growth and then about an 11-month cycle of not growth. (laughs) So for most of us, if we have, I'm just going to round up because that makes it easier, 10 years in an economic cycle, and eight of them are good and we're growing, one of them is we're retracting and one of them we're kind of neutral, 80% of the time we're in a growth period. So it does feel like most of the time we're growing, we're getting better, our dollar is getting stronger. But what we forget about is that about 20% of the time we're at a standstill or we are not growing economically. That is not always a bad thing. It is a part of making sure that the economy has what it needs in place to continue on a relatively strong growth path. So let's just acknowledge that recessions are normal parts of economic cycles, including growth. And I was going to say stagnation, but I don't really love that word, but I can't think of anything else, so we're going to go with it. And the other thing to emotionally prepare for a recession is to remind yourself that you've survived a recession before. Literally, if you're listening to this podcast, you are old enough to have remembered the 2008 recession, which, by the way, was the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression in the 1920s. And here you are, a survivor, listening. And depending on which economist you listen to when we think about defining a recession— Some economists will say, hey, we experienced a short recession in the spring of 2020 when the pandemic initially hit and unemployment skyrocketed. And if that's the case, then we recently survived a recession. So I want for you to think about four different things to kind of emotionally weather this recession and survive this recession. One is just what I said. I've survived past recessions, and I'm certain I'll be okay to survive this one again. The second thing is to learn how to get emotionally regulated and grounded before you make big financial decisions, before you leave a good job that you have, before you cash out of the stock market, before you buy or sell a house. Make sure you're emotionally safe. And when I say regulated and grounded, I mean literally making sure that you can breathe, you can think through your thoughts rationally, 
Maybe take a 24-hour, 48-hour cool-down period before you make that financial decision. But be in a space where you feel like you are making the decision from a wise place and not a reactive place emotionally. Thirdly, start or restart regular money dates. I know this is kind of a financial one, but it's integrated with our emotions. When we don't know what's going on in our financial landscape, personally speaking, it can be really hard to make wise financial decisions. So when it comes to recession planning, we need to get back into the habit or create a habit of having regular money dates. And that means looking at what's coming in and what's going out. What are the things that I can tweak? And am I spending in alignment with my values? And am I earning enough to feel safe? So being able to answer those questions readily will help you to kind of emotionally buoy or buffer yourself from recession stuff. And then the fourth thing is to get creative. And I mean literally figuring out what are some new creative outlets that I can use to take care of myself. That could be lower cost hobbies or activities because when it comes to a recession, when people think about tightening the purse strings, they often think about pulling back from all spending. But we know that to be emotionally well-rounded and regulated, we have to have some fun in our life. So making sure that you're taking care of yourself and finding ways to implement healthy self-care and healthy hobbies and activities into your life. And when I say healthy, I don't necessarily mean like physically going for a walk, though it can be. I mean, literally emotionally making sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure that you have time to do something creative, like sing a song or complete a puzzle or engage in some watercolors or plant in your garden. Getting used to having creative outlets to help process some of that anxiety and literally move that anxiety out of your body can be a great way to cope with and plan for a recession, emotionally speaking. All right, now moving on to recession survival tips from the financial perspective. Again, on an individual level, there are things we can do to buffer ourselves from a recession. But on a global level or even on a countrywide level, we cannot stop a recession from happening. We can only take care of our personal financial landscapes. And before we get into what to do to help cope with a recession, I want to talk about a few bad takes going around about how to deal with a recession. And this is my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion and you're entitled to yours. So I'm going to share three not hot takes that I think you should avoid. But of course, you know yourself best. Maybe these things work for you and uh, I'm not going to judge. Well, I might judge a little bit, but you don't have to tell me about it. Okay, deal. So a bad take that I heard on a podcast that I generally enjoy, I was listening to the New York Times, the daily podcast, I think last week it came out, and they had on, I think it was an economic reporter, talking about how asking for a raise is a bad thing to do during a recession because then it makes other people ask for raises and then it means more people have money and if more people have money more people are willing to spend and if more people are willing to spend it makes the economy worse it like truly made no sense in my head and i rewound it and listened to it again and i'm like no they literally were like don't ask for a raise get a side hustle and i was like that is the most I've bought into the capitalist Kool-Aid that I've ever heard. 
I don't agree with that. I think it's totally fine to ask for a raise if you are going to ask for a raise anyway. I don't think it's bad to get a side hustle, but I think telling somebody don't ask for a raise because it's going to make inflation worse and prolong the recession. I just think that's like a bad take. Another bad take that I have seen floating around is take out a personal loan so you have more cash on hand. Let's think about this one. I'm not against loans. I'm not against credit cards. I'm not against that. But what I do think is important to consider is why. Why do you want to take out a personal loan? And also, what is the rate? And finally, what are you leveraging to have that personal loan right now? Meaning, if you take out a personal loan, are they going to come after your house, your car, your belongings in the event that you can't pay it back? We have to really think through this. For some people, they like, okay, I'm just going to take out a 10K personal loan so I can have cash on hand. Okay, great. And what are the terms of that loan? How do you know that after that 0% interest time ends, you'll have the cash available? Some people will. And I think it's a great choice to do something like maybe reconsolidate your loans or reconsolidate credit cards from a high interest credit card to a low interest or no interest credit card. But this idea of taking out a personal loan just to have more cash on hand feels really short-sighted and risky to me. And the final tip that I heard to help you survive a recession that I think is just straight up garbage was to tip less if you go out to eat. Like you cannot see my face right now because this is a podcast, but I can assure you I am making the most scrounged up troll-like judgment eyes that I can find. Because in my opinion, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out to eat. Yes, the system is broken, but we don't punish the workers who rely on tips for sustenance and to sustain their livelihoods by saying like, oh, I'm going to tip them 10% instead of 20% because it'll save me money. Well, yeah, but you're fucking somebody over in very real time if you do that. And yeah, I was a server from age 16 to 24, so maybe I feel this a little bit more, but I think anyone in the service industry would agree, look, if you can't afford to tip us, then don't come out. It's actually really harmful. And maybe somebody out there is saying, well, screw the system. I'm with you. I would love it if people in the service industry actually made thriving, livable wages because that's really hard work. But until that system changes, don't screw over your server. Don't screw over your DoorDash driver. If you can't afford to tip, don't go out. Okay? So those are three hot takes that I think are not takes. Okay? So on to takes that I think are actually helpful when it comes to financially planning for a recession. Bulk up your emergency fund. I've said it before and it bears repeating. Your emergency fund is cash you have on hand. And when I say on hand, I do not mean under your mattress. I mean in a credit union or bank account that is FDIC insured. So it's safe there in the event that you do lose your job, in the event that your landlord does raise your rent, in the event that something happens, you have cash on hand and you don't have to put it on a credit card that is charging like 22% interest. So yes, bulk up your emergency fund. $20 a week is better than $0 a week. Do not shame yourself for however much you do or don't have in your emergency fund, but I would say just throw a little bit more money there right now. I think it's fine. The second thing is to dust off your resume. It is true that in recessions, it might be harder to find a new job, but there is also a 
potential risk of people laying off more workers or cutting your hours. So it's worth making sure that your resume is up to date. So in the event that you get pink slipped or you lose your job, you have a resume ready to go that is up to date and can easily be one click apply on LinkedIn or you can easily upload it to a job application. So make sure that your resume is up to date. Make sure that your email is all all fresh and gussied up. Make sure all of your current responsibilities are there, okay? Then number three is pay down high interest debt, especially anything over 8% interest. The more debt we have as we head into a recession, in my opinion, just it's more undue financial anxiety. So if you can put some money towards that high interest debt, that will help with that emotional psychological burden of having some of that debt available. Fourth, dial back non-values aligned spending. I will never tell you to cut spending for things that you need, but make sure that when we are heading into a recession or are in a recession, you aren't spending on things that you don't really love spending your money on, okay? So if there is spending that is going out, going back to that money date from our emotional section, if there's money going out of your bank account right now that is not really something you're super proud of, see if you can dial back. You might not have to cut it entirely. Maybe you're going out to Starbucks two or three times a week. Can you cut it back to once a week or once a month? Can we really make it a treat? So dialing it back and then with that extra money that you have from not going out two or three times a week, maybe only once or twice a month, take that extra money and put it into your emergency fund or put it towards paying down that high interest debt. Choose your own adventure. You could split it up. You could put a little here, a little there. But when we're dialing back our spending, we actually have to take that money that we are saving and make sure that we are saving it by putting it into an emergency fund or putting it towards high interest debt. Next, if you are more than 10 years away from retirement, I'm actually going to give you full permission to put your head in the sand around your retirement account. Don't stop contributing. Don't stop contributing. Keep contributing as you've planned, but don't look at it. Truly, it's going to make your emotions go haywire to log in and see a red arrow pointing down and seeing this money that you quote unquote have lost. Remember, you do not lose money in your retirement account unless you actually sell off whatever you own, okay? So don't look at it full permission to not look at it. Keep contributing as you've planned if you're more than 10 years away from retirement because if history repeats itself, we will come out of this recession and you will continue to earn money on the investments that you have in your retirement account. And finally, I haven't really seen this floating around anywhere, but let's not forget that there are systems in place, assistance in place that is available to you if you qualify for it. Look into community mutual aid and government assistance. If your income drops or maybe you thought you didn't qualify for aid in the past, check again. You might not have thought of things like apartment subsidies, Medicaid, food assistance, and transportation credits as things that are available to you But double check. In the U.S., we've made government help like a dirty word or a dirty phrase, but it is there for a reason. And I encourage you, if you qualify for it, use it. That is what it is there for. And to me, taking not advantage, but taking the aid and assistance that is available to you is kind of a part of playing, of of being a part of this system. We forget that when we pay our taxes, we are supporting things 
like additional assistance for people in our community. So make sure that you check in and see, hey, maybe I can get that farmer's market bag of produce once a week. Maybe that is something available to me through community aid, community mutual aid. Maybe I've been paying out of pocket for my health insurance, but my income is such that I actually qualify for Medicaid and probably can get insurance for free or at a very low cost. Look around for different apartment subsidies. Depending on your income, you might qualify for apartment subsidies that cover things like first and last month's rent or cover a portion of your rent. There's nothing to be ashamed of by getting the help that is built in and is there to be available to you. So those are the things I would recommend to you. One, bulk up your emergency fund. Two, dust off your resume, make sure it's up to date. Three, pay down high interest debt. Four, dial back non-values aligned spending. Five, if you're more than 10 years away from retirement, don't look at your retirement account. Keep on contributing as planned. And finally, six, look into community mutual aid and government assistance and see what you might qualify for. So those are some financial and emotional tips on planning for and surviving a recession. And if you take nothing away from this, just remember that you will get through it and we will get through it when we cope with our emotional side and our financial side, okay? And I'll see you in a couple of weeks where, while we cover a sunnier side of things, we're gonna talk about money stories and money mindset. I'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and rate and review the podcast on your podcast player of choice. This quick but meaningful action helps to support this show and helps others discover it too. I love connecting with my listeners. So if something resonates, please take a screenshot of the episode, share it out on your stories and tag me at Mind Money Balance. This podcast would not be possible without my team. I want to thank RJ Basilio, who edits this podcast, and Liberty Salas, who creates the graphics and adds transcripts to it to make it more accessible. Finally, quick disclaimer, everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Neither the host or guests are rendering legal, financial, accounting, mental health, investing, medical, or other professional advice. If you want professional help, please seek it out. Thank you.